I listen to WMBW every day, and I heard a preacher talking this week about the greatest day of our life will be the day we die. You know, I just hadn't really, really thought about it that way. He said, I, and that's exactly what he turned around. He said, you know, I had never really thought about it that way. He said, until I got to just sitting and meditating and thinking about seeing Jesus face to face. Amen. Whew. Praise the Lord. Amen. Turn with me. You know it's getting close to Easter. Easter's what, March 12th or uh, April 12th? April 12th. And so, uh Lord, being our help, I, I hope he's going to let us preach some, uh, at me and these other men, whoever's preaching. I don't know, Brother Chris Quinn may preach for us here in the next three or four weeks on one Sunday, but turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 23. Luke 23. I lost my good glasses yesterday. I don't know how in the world I did that. My wife said, you lose a power every week. So I buy them in bulk. It's about 89 cents a power. So. Luke chapter 23. I want to preach on three men on the cross this morning. And I'm hoping the Lord let us preach on the cross or about crucifixion. I hope he lets us preach Easter messages. Amen. Or whoever preaches the next month. And uh, Luke chapter 23, verse 32 through 43, we'll be reading. Then if you want to, you can go and you can mark your Bible over at 2 Samuel chapter 12. You can put your finger in your Bible because we're going to read about 13 verses in 2 Samuel today. Uh, we have touched on this message before in our ministry and uh, several years back, but God gave us a lot of new things to think about uh, with three men on the cross, which I don't know if y'all know it or not, but they was probably hundreds crucified that day. But see, the Bible seemed it only important to speak of the three. So... Uh, Turn with me to Luke chapter 23. Have you got it? Has everybody got it? All right. I tell you what, let's stand pay respect to the Word of God. Y'all need to stretch just a little bit more. Man, this is a good-looking bunch this morning. Wasn't that awesome worship and praise? It's hard to live in unforgiven. You know what? If I was here and I was, uh, and I was unforgiven, I'd be getting right today. I told you last Sunday when I gave the invitation, if I wasn't right with the Lord, I would have ran to the altar. And I feel that way today. I asked them Wednesday night for everybody to be praying. And I'm telling you, they've been praying. I can tell, amen, to the Holy Ghost. All right, Luke 23 and verse 32. And there were also two other malefactors led with him to be put to death. And when they were come to the place which is called Calvary, there they crucified him. And the malefactors, one on the right hand and the other on the left. Then said Jesus, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Is that not amazing? Is that, first thing, I, is that not amazing, Brother Abram? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. This is after he'd been beat with a cat of nine tails. Amen. 39 stripes, folks. And they parted his raiment and cast lots. And the people stood beholding, and the rulers also with them derided him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself. If he be Christ, the chosen of God. Mocking him, mocking him. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming to him and offering him vinegar, and saying, If thou be the king of the Jews, save thyself. And a superscription also was written over him in letters of Greek and Latin and Hebrew, This is the king of the Jews. 
And one of the malefactors which were hanged railed on him, saying, If thou fear God, save thyself and us. But the other answer rebuked him, saying, Dost not thou fear God, seeing thou art in the same condemnation? And we indeed justly, for we received the due reward of our deeds, but this man hath done nothing amiss. And he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord Jesus, for this word. Thank you, dear Jesus, for coming to Calvary's cross and dying for a sinner like me, Lord. Dear God, help us to preach this message today. The Lord Jesus, just if you would, if you stood here, Lord Jesus, reach down and touch every heart and every life. Dear God, we know this is the message you've laid on our hearts, God. I pray, God, if there be one here, Lord Jesus, that's not been washed in your precious blood, that don't know you as their personal Savior, that today will be the day of salvation, Lord. Touch that, and dear God, it's strong, cold, and indifferent. Dear God, reclaim that backslider, Lord. Dear God, mend the broken heart and have your way. Dear Jesus, I pray. In Christ's wonderful and glorious name today, I pray. Amen and amen. You can be seated. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Better get my water. Now, when we preach on Jesus, we do get emotional. I can't help it. Because I know what a sinner I was. You know, Dennis, Brother Dennis testifies. He said, you know, my mom used to sing that song when he reached way down for me. And, and I've heard people say he reached further down for me than he did anybody, which he didn't. He reached the same distance down for all of us, but just some of us was bigger sinners. Amen. But uh, there was three on the cross that the Bible spoke about. And uh, I want to try to bring this out just like the Lord gave it to me this week and this morning. And One died in his sins, one died free from his sins, and one died for our sins. Did y'all hear what I'm saying? One died in his sins, one died free from his sins, and one died for our sins. You know, the first thing I thought about is what is sin? And... and I've had that on my heart all week long and thought about how I hate sin and how I hate the devil and, and what the devil does. And listen, I'm your pastor, and I hear all the troubles, and, and, and I deal with the deaths, and I deal with the heartaches, and I deal with the troubles. And, and, and I thank God that, that he's allowed me to do that. But I'm telling you, folks are hurting today. And the old devil is running rapid, amen. And just like their brother said, they pulled one of his friends out of a hotel that had died and it took an overdose. Homes are being busted apart. Children, I see the children that are, are being neglected because their parents have divorced and they think they're part-time parents instead of full-time. God help us, church. God help us, amen. But we're living in a sinful world. And I thought about what is sin. A sin is an offense against God. I just get down to nitty-gritty. Anything that goes against God or His Word, anything is sin. Amen? If it's not the Word of God and it goes against it, amen, it's sin. And there's too much sin in the church. Not in the world. The world is supposed to sin. I've preached it ever since we've been here, ever since I started preaching. A sinner is a sinner, and they're supposed to sin. 
If you've been washed in the blood of Jesus, you're a saint of God. You are saved, and you're supposed to live like it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. You just pray that God let me preach. It's just the way he gives it to me. Because I'm telling you, folks, we need to get some things straightened out. If we don't get our homes the way they're supposed to be, if we don't get things going in the homes the way they should, what's this world going to end up doing? I felt like all my life I would be alive when the Lord come back. And I still believe that, Brother Rayburn. I don't believe it's long. Amen. Flip with me over. To 2 Samuel chapter 12. You know, preachers water it down. Brother Shannon, preachers get up and they water the message. They water sin down. But listen, it's not going to be watered down. What I preached to you last Sunday, how many remembers? Judgment Day. It's not going to be watered down when we stand before Jesus. It's all going to come out. And just like somebody said, God is keeping a record. Amen. Praise the Lord, it was Brother Chris the other night. Said God keeping record. Flip with me over Second Samuel. Try not to lose all my places here, but I want you to hear this. David, y'all know, was a great, 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 great man of God. Jesus is the seed of David. Brother Chris preached the most awesome message of the night. You know. I'm a pastor and have been for 37 years preaching and, and, uh, and been saved since I was 11 years old. And it's hard for somebody to stand and preach something that I've not ever heard, Brother Rayburn. Well, I'm telling you, Brother Chris preached a few things the other night that I had never heard. Amen. But you know, when I got to study, God took me right over to this scripture, 2 Samuel chapter 12 and verse 1. And I'm still in the wrong place. You can go, we're going to turn over to chapter 51 of Psalms shortly, too. But right now, 2 Samuel 13 and 1. 12 and 1. I'm sorry. I'll get there a bit. Uh, yeah, I've got too much scripture mark today. I probably won't get a chance to preach half of it. But uh, the Lord just kept on. I come up here and cut the heat on. I went back home and he started pouring it out again. I just started writing as fast as I could. Amen. But chapter 12 of 2 Samuel, verse 1. And the Lord sent Nathan unto David. And he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. This is a man of God, the king of Israel, okay? The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds. Nathan was a prophet. He was the one that anointed David, amen? He was a prophet. But the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had brought and nourished up, and it grew up together with him. And with his children it did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his, on his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take his own flock and of his own herd to dress for the wayfaring man that was coming to him, but took the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. Now listen what David said. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man, and he said, Nathan, as the Lord liveth, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. How many of y'all, all of you know that we're just sinners saved by grace? But how many of you know that there's a point in your Christian life? Did you know the older I get, the less God puts up with? God don't put up with no foolishness at my age, y'all. I'm talking about no foolishness. Amen. And David was a great man of God and seen God move and work in so many ways. 
But I'll tell you something. There's a line that you can cross. And there's folks in churches everywhere crossing the sinning line. Amen. Listen, sin is sin, and I know that. But what does the Word of God say? Be sure your sin will what? Find you out. And how many of you knows it will? I've lived it, I know. Your sin will find you out. Don't listen. You may think you've got away with it. I told y'all here one time, and I'd gone almost 24 years, and I was on my lawnmower out there mowing my backyard, and God spoke to my heart and said, You got to get off that mower, go to Scottsboro, and apologize to somebody. I said, What? I was just minding my own business, mowing my yard by myself. Amen. And God just got to speak, and you say, God does that, y'all. 24 years since this has happened. You know what I've done? I've parked that lawnmower. I got in my car, and I went to Scottsboro. And I went in, and I hugged this man's neck, and I said, I've got to apologize to you and tell you I wronged you. Tell you how sorry I am. Amen. Your sin will find you out. I don't care how long it's been. It will find you out. This is what it said. And David's anger was greatly kindled against this man. He said to Nathan, As the Lord lives, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. This is what Nathan told him in verse 7. And Nathan said to David, Thou art the man. Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, I anointed thee king over Israel, and I delivered thee out of the hand of Saul. And I gave thee thy master's house and thy master's wife into the bosom, and gave thee the house of Israel and of Judah. And if that had been too little, I would moreover have given unto thee such and such things. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in the sight? What did David do? He saw Bathsheba down on her roof bathing and desired her because she was so beautiful. And in that moment, in that moment, David said, I want her. He didn't care whose wife it was. And his Brother Chris preached the other night, Uriah was an awesome, faithful man of God. And David wanted her. Amen. We don't know how far sin's going to take us. Amen. Matter of fact, this right here is what I wrote down. You've heard me say it many a times. Sin will take you further than you want to go. Cost you more than you want to pay. Amen. And keep you longer than you want to stay. Did you hear that? Sin will take you further than you want to go. Cost you more than you want to pay. And keep you longer than you want to stay. Amen. What does the Bible talk about? Why keep any commandments if you're not going to keep them all? If you're not going to dedicate your heart and life to Jesus, listen, I know you come to church on Sunday, maybe even come on Wednesday, but that ain't going to do it in the eyes of God. God said, walk pure and live and try to be perfect before me. Listen, there's nobody perfect. I nobody, nobody walks without sin. I know that. But I want to tell you something. We ought to get up every morning praying to God, Holy Ghost, lead us and guide us. Keep us from sin today. Amen. Praise the Lord. Y'all ever quiet, quiet, quiet. Amen. I better get me a drink. Praise the Lord. Y'all pray for me, church. We've got to get this down in our soul. You say nobody can be perfect. No, they can't. Nobody's ever been perfect but Jesus. Nobody ever will be perfect. But I want to tell you something. God made me quit clock goes off in me before I, I don't care what it is. I told him Wednesday night, God made me quit drinking sweet tea one time. 
You said, sweet tea, yeah, what's wrong with it? It's not a sin. No, it's not. But God asked me to stop it, and I wouldn't do it. And God got a hold of me, and I quit it for a month, and God said, okay, you can drink it again. Just to see if I'd stop it. Just to see if I'd mind them, Brother Rayburn. But I want to tell you something, church. God is a jealous God, and he wants you, all of you. You know what? I heard somebody talking about it, and they said, this woman on WMBW said, I'm a little jealous of my husband. She said, and God told me to be. And I thought, huh? Am I hearing this right? She said, yeah. I said, God's a jealous God, ain't he? He's jealous of me. And I got to thinking about that, and I thought, well, now listen, jealousy can tear a lot of things up. She said, I didn't say just be insane, jealous. She said, just a little bit. Amen. God is a jealous God. God wants all of you. God don't want just three quarters. He don't. He wants all of you. Amen. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Amen. Praise the Lord. I've got too much to preach. Let me finish this right quick. Anyway, where did I get to? Verse 9. Wherefore hast thou despised the commandment of the Lord to do evil in the sight of the Lord, to do evil in sight that has killed Uriah, a Hittite, with a sword, and has taken his wife to be thy wife, and has slain him with a sword of children? What he done? He sent Uriah, he called him in, and let me briefly run over this, called him in to try to get him to sleep with her because she got pregnant. David called her up one night to see one sin. Are you hearing what I'm talking about? Young folks, you think, well, it won't hurt one time. Do you hear me? It won't hurt one time to flirt on the job. You think that that uh, relationship you ended up with, the adultery you ended up committed, started right then? No, it started with just a walk by and a flirt, just a little something to see how far he could go. And you let him see how far he could go. Or it started with you walking by him. Amen. And it might have took a year, but a year down the road, something was said to where you said, it ain't going to hurt one time. Just one time. You hear me? Amen. You know what? When I was a kid, you know what I'd do? I think, and Charlotte knows this. She's my sister, big sister. I think, well, is it worth getting a whooping for? Because I knew Daddy was going to whoop me. He was going to whoop me good, too. But I'll tell you, sometimes I thought, well, if I can get on my bicycle and ride it for about three hours without getting caught or get on my motorcycle even, or, but most times it was my bicycle, go over to Mike's or over to Verland's or somewhere and, and, not, and get back, take a chance on getting caught, not get caught, not get a whooping, maybe get a whooping. Well, see, most of the time I'd weigh it out, and I think it's worth it. And it was worth it until that one morning when Daddy called over to Verlin's, and Bonnie come out the door and said, Jeff, I got up 6 o'clock that morning, Saturday morning, and I rode my bicycle over to Verlin's, and we were just having a big old time until Bonnie said, your daddy just called. You know, you, you remember when God, when the Holy Ghost got a hold of you? <laughs> Amen. And they spoke to you. I'm telling you, when she said that, the fear of God fell on me. I jumped on my bicycle, and I took off. And sure enough, Daddy was standing there with a belt in his hand. You remember, Charlotte? He took me in the back bedroom, and he started hitting me with that belt. Mama was still laying in bed. He started beating me with that belt. I mean, he kept, I mean, kept hitting me. 
It was like this, more like this. That's the way Brad does too. Ryan bets how he just stands there and takes it like a man. But Daddy beat me, and Mama finally come and said, that's enough. About 30-something times, I believe he had got to. And, and she said, did you all hear me? That's enough. And the next thing I know, Mama was up fixing to get on him. Mama in, you know. You see what my sin caused? I wasn't but seven or eight years old. But you see what it caused? It caused my mom and dad to have the first little fight they ever had. They never did. But I'll tell you what happened. They ended up getting into it. Daddy ended up slapping my mama. So on time he ever did anything. Next thing I know, here comes mama through the house with the baton. She wasn't going to take that. <laughs> did she not? And next thing I know, I was sitting out under the apple tree squalling my eyes out. Not because of my whooping. Yeah, I had stripes, but that was, that was the last thing I was whooping about. My sin caused so much trouble. Your sin can destroy your home. Your sin can destroy your family. One sin can destroy this church. You need to think before you let that sin come in and start eating at you. Yes, the old devil knows what your weaknesses are, and he'll pick at you. He'll bring it to you and make it look so beautiful. But once it conceived, what's the Bible say? Then sudden death, swift destruction. Amen. I've got to get on. Praise the Lord. Amen. For thou didst end against the Lord. Do this thing before all Israel, before the sun. And David said unto Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord hath also, hath also hath put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. But you know what the Word of God said? The sword never left his home. What was it all Brother Chris said? Uh, amen. Uh, uh, one of his sons raped his daughter. His other son turned against the kingdom and, and was killed. David, the sword never left his home. God didn't choose to kill David. And, uh, and I believe, amen, that he didn't get his joy, true joy back till he died, brother. I believe that. But one man died in his sins. Sin is a transgression of the law. John 3, 4 says, Whosoever committeth sin transgresses the law, for sin is transgression of the law. Ezekiel 18, 4 says, Behold, all souls are mine. As the soul of the Father, so also the soul of the Son is mine. The soul that sinneth, it shall die. How many of you know Jesus died for every one of us? Amen. But there was one that died in his sins. But there's one that died free from his sins. Amen. I ain't going to take a whole lot of time on him. Amen. I hope, I hope most everybody, I hope everybody here is saved. Amen. How simple was it? Amen. Let's flip back over there. How simple was it? Verse 43. I'll tell you what, listen. 42, and he said unto Jesus, Lord, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. This man was a thief, and he's hanging there dying on the cross, okay? Remember me today when thou comest into thy kingdom. And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, Today shalt thou be with me in paradise. <laughs>
Do you remember the day you got saved? Do you remember when you got up and all those chains were broken? You were white as snow and you were free from sin. You got up and oh, everything was just so light. Whew, it was a new world. Everything had become new. All things had passed away. Amen. And it was a completely new world. And you got up and you were white as snow. Amen. This day you shall be with me in paradise. In that day when he took his last breath, he went to paradise with Jesus. Amen. One died in his sins. One died free from his sins. Let, flip over with me to Psalm chapter 51 right quick. And then we're going to get ready to close. You know, I just told you about David and how he sinned and how he slept with Bathsheba and how he broke all the commandments. See, he sent Uriah down to the forefront of the battle and had Uriah murdered. A faithful man, okay? And as Brother Chris said the other night, and, and, and I knew this, but he sent a letter with Uriah that he typed. Sent a letter with him to the captain telling him to put him in the forefront of the battle. He didn't say on the letter probably so he could be killed, but the man knew he was going to be killed if he put him where he was going to put him. And he never even opened up the letter and looked at it, Brother Robert. Amen. All right. Psalms 51. I want you to hear David because of his sin. Listen, I don't care how far you have gone. See, that's what I wanted to get to. To show you there's hope. You might be sitting there thinking, I've sinned too bad. God can't never forgive me of my sins. There's always hope where there's breath. Amen. And God will restore to you the joy of your salvation. I believe that. I believe there is hope. Don't you listen to David's prayer. Okay. Psalms 51. In verse 1. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness. According unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my inequity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is ever before me. Listen, you hear it now? Serious, amen? Against thee and thee only have I sinned. David was on in his sins. And done this evil in thy sight, that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest, and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I have was shaped in inequity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part. Thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop, and I shall be clean. Wash me, and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness, that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. How many of you have ever lost your joy? Be honest with me. There's no worse feeling in this world. When you lose your joy, you've lost everything. If you know the joy of Jesus down in your soul and you lose it, you've lost it all. Amen. All right. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine inequities. Create in me a clean heart. Oh, a clean heart. Oh, God, and renew a right spirit within me. Not to have them, is it to lay down at night and have a clean spirit inside of us. Not to have to worry about what you've done all day long or who you've lied to. How many of you know if you tell one lie, you're going to tell another to get out of it? How many of you know if you tell the truth, you don't never have to worry about facing anybody? Because you're going to tell them the truth, and that's what you're supposed to do. Praise the Lord. Amen.
I got to finish this. Restore unto me. I love verse 12. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. And listen to what David says here now. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways. And sinners shall be converted unto thee. How many of you knows if you've got sin in your heart, you can't be a witness? How many of you knows if you've got a, a, a sin that you're keeping hid from the world, amen, that you can't go out and be a witness? I've had people to call me and, and say, Pastor, I would need my husband to be saved. Or, Pastor, I want my wife to be saved. Or, Pastor, I want my kids to be saved. And I say, are you praying for them? Why, yes. Or are you living for the Lord? Well, well, how many of you know that if you've got sin in your life, the only power God wants to hear is, Lord, forgive me first? Amen. That's what David doing here. He wanted his joy back. He had gone as far as he could go, and he couldn't stand it anymore. I believe there's some sitting in this congregation today. I might not even get to preach all this. I believe there's some sitting in this congregation today that's gone as far in sin as you can go. You're sick and tired of living the life you're living. As Ryan saying, unforgiven. It's time for you to ask Christ to come down and to touch your heart, to touch your life. How many of you knows when Christ came in, he's still there? How many of you knows you don't get saved but one time? You ask Christ to come into your heart, and he's still in your heart. You just got him pushed so far back up in there that you don't know he's there anymore. It's been so long since you've talked to him or had anything to say to him or even thanked him for a day. That he's way, way, way back up in there. God knows your heart. God knows your life. God knows everything about you. One died here in his sins. One died free from his sins. Amen. And thank God, thank God, one died for our sins. Amen. Thank God that Jesus came and he gave it all. He became poor so we could be rich. Amen. He shed his precious blood so we could be saved. You know what precious means? Highly priced. It was highly priced, wasn't it? Because, see, as an 11-year-old boy, I fell on that altar. And I said, Jesus, and he saved me. It was the same way everybody could stand up in here that's been saved and tell your testimony. See, amen, you've got a testimony if you've been saved. One died in his sins. I hope you're not here and never been saved. If you are, God's wanting to save you today. Amen. One died in his sins. Amen. One died free from his sins. And Christ died for your sins. Ryan, come on and get a song ready, son. God knows your heart. Everybody bow your head just for a moment. Close your eyes. I'm so glad that God allowed us to preach this this morning. Last week, last Sunday's message, y'all don't know how bad I needed to hear that. I preached it. Yes, I did. And like I told you, I had one pointing at him and and uh, and the other four pointing at me. There wasn't none pointing at you because I preached to myself last Sunday. Well, Friday night, Brother Chris preached harder to me than I've been preached at probably Brother Danny in 15 or 20 years. 
God spoke to me in a way Friday night that I've not been spoke to in years. God said, Jeff, you ain't got a lot of years left. If you're going to get anything else done, you better get 110% right with me and give it all that you got. And I sat there as Chris preached, and I thought, well, God, my health's not great. He said, I'll help you. I'll send you. And that's why I had to tell you this morning, my back's better than it's been in years. My health's better than it's been in years. Yes, I've had cancer. Yes, I've had strokes. Yes, I've had back surgery. But God has blessed me more than anybody in this world. And God said, Friday night, get to work, Jeff. Get to work. There's a great revival that's got to happen. God knows her heart. God knows her lies. With every head bowed and every eye closed, just for a moment. You're like one of these, amen, one of these two men, you die, amen. You're either free from your sin, amen, or if you died today, you'd die in your sins. God knows your heart. God knows your life. God knows every single thing about you. Would there be anybody, listen, nobody at all looking, folks on stage not looking. Would there be anybody here say, preacher, please pray for me. That God will restore to me the joy of my hand. That, would there just be one? Thank you for that hand. That hand. Hand. That hand. That hand. That hand. God sees that hand. That hand. That hand. God sees those hands. Preacher, pray that God will restore my, the joy of my salvation. Would there be any here say, Preacher? I've not ever truly been washed in the blood of Jesus. I've not experienced what you're preaching about today. I've not ever truly got up out of that altar and knew my sins had been forgiven. Is anyone would raise your hand and say, Pastor, why no one at all is looking? Please pray for me. Any at all. I won't come to you. I won't embarrass you. Is there any here say, Pastor, my heart's broke. I need my heart mended. And I need to be a better Christian. Would you raise your hand? Thank you for that hand. That hand, that hand. Hands all over the house. God sees those hands. God sees those hands. Dear Heavenly Father, I pray right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you've seen every hand that went up. God, you see every heart that's sitting here this morning. Thank you for your precious word. Thank you that you are a forgiver of sins. Thank you for forgiving me so many times of my sins. I just pray, Lord. Touch every heart that's in here. I pray that when the last word is said, that everyone can say it's been wonderful in your house. In Christ's name I pray. Amen and amen. Everybody stand. Everybody stand. You don't have to wait for them to sing if you want to come.